everybody and welcome to another episode of Magic with Zuby. My name is Zuby, and if you're brand new to this show, this show is all about a little well-known card game called Magic the Gathering. So today, this week is actually going to be a special week. I am bringing back doing complete set reviews, but with a slight different twist here. Um, I am no longer going to be doing videos along with these set reviews because, as it turns out, that took a lot more time than I actually have, and I was just spending way too much time not with just editing the videos, getting all the cards on there, um, plus all the rendering of the videos. So, And plus, now that I'm not really doing YouTube too much and I'm just really focusing on the audio and only putting up select episodes on the card bazaar channel i figure let me do a complete set review get back into it because they're a lot of fun to do and it's just going to be audio only so just sit back relax and enjoy the show so before we begin uh let's get some ads out of the way a magic azubi can be found on itunes google play stitcher and TuneIn radio and spotify you can reach out to me on twitter at magic with Zuby, on instagram at magic underscore with underscore Zuby, and you can email me with any questions you may have at mtgzuby at gmail.com if you wish to help support the show in any way possible, you can check out the Patreon at patreon.com slash magicwithzuby. And uh, this show is also sponsored by LegitMTG.com. LegitMTG.com is your place to buy magic singles and sealed product out there. Any order over $2 or more has free shipping at LegitMTG.com. All right, so today's episode is going to be all the white cards for Theros Beyond Death. Uh, I'm really happy to be back in Theros here because it was one of my favorite sets uh, back when it first came out. Uh, Theros especially was a really fun set. Born of the Gods, eh, not so much. Journey into Nyx, definitely a step in the right direction compared to Born of the Gods. So... As I said, we're going to go over each card one by one, and it's going to be more of, we're going to talk about its limited capabilities, its standard constructed capabilities, and maybe any other EDH or casual kind of capabilities as well, too. Um, Just an FYI, I am not a pro Magic player. I'm not the best Magic player. If you've seen me stream, you definitely know that. So this is just more of a fun exercise and just really trying to go over each card and hear it maybe from a casual player's perspective as well. So um, I will say also before beginning that I have not seen every single card here. A lot of the big, you know, mythic bomb cards I've seen, obviously, but I don't remember them all. Um, I haven't really seen a lot of the commons or uncommons or even a lot of the rares as well, too. So some of these cards I'm going to be reading off for the first time as well and just really getting my first reactions to it. So that's that that can be fun. So I guess why don't we just get right into it and let's go ahead and start and i will mention as well that a lot of these names i'm probably gonna really mess up like the very first card for white al said of life's bounty for one white it's an enchantment creature nymph that's a one one has lifelink you can pay one to sack this target creature or enchantment you control gains protection from the color of your choice until end of turn don kissed he nourishes the golden grain says pissimilla malatium poet i guess oh, okay so a one one for one that you can sack to basically get a god's willing to to give it give a creature or enchantment protection from something which that's really not too bad especially in draft i can even possibly see this in constructed if there's some sort of enchantment 
type deck. Um, in draft, this would be definitely something I would pick up and get because there's going to be those creatures and enchantments that are going to be really important to protect, obviously, and this is a God's Willing on a stick. So this is, uh, yeah, that, I, I like this card a lot. Next, we have Archon of Falling Stars, which is four double white. It's an Archon. For, it's a 4-4 four, four with flying. When this dies, you may return target enchantment card from your graveyard to the battlefield. The Archon fell, fell like a star from the sky, meaning the rising sun at the horizon's ed, edge, says the Cosmogony. Cosmogony, I guess? Yeah. So, you pay six mana for a 4-4 four, four with flying. In limited, not the worst thing. With, with the caveat of when this dies, you can return an enchantment card from your graveyard to the battlefield. The thing with that's really cool with Theros and Theros Beyond Death is enchantments are just not regular enchantment permanents. There's enchantment creatures as well, too. So you could possibly bring, bring back a really powerful creature card as well from the battlefield. So it is a bit high on the mana cost. It's not particularly a bomb per se but if there's really nothing else to pick in your packs or even your sealed pool it's not the worst thing to have uh, next we have archon of sun's grace which is two double white it's an archon creature that's a three four has flying and lifelink pegasus creatures you control have lifelink it has constellation so whenever an enchantment enters the battlefield under your control create a two two white pegasus creature token with flying wow that's pretty good that's almost like a pack one pick one because the two double white is not bad and theros the theros set just when i was sort of glancing at overall is really easy to draft just one color with this set here because there's 41 cards in each in each color so it's pretty easy to draft a mono color in a set like this so with this, with that in mind, um, there's plenty of enchantments that are going to be entering the battlefield under your control with this card, and plus you're able to pop out a token. Yeah, this is a pack one, pick one, all day, every day, for sure. Next, we have good old reprint Banishing Light for two and a white enchantment. When this enters the battlefield, exile target non-land permanent and opponent controls until Banishing Light leaves the battlefield. The champion reached for a stone and Heliod placed the sun into her hand, says the Theriod. Oh god, some of these names are going to be so tough to pronounce here. So anyways, uh, good old Banishing Light's a good reprint. It's a really good um, Banishing Light you know, uh, uh, O-ring, Oblivion Ring effect. And yeah, this is a definitely a very early pick for sure. And this is going to see standard play as well because it did last time. And yeah, love seeing this back here because it's such a good card. Uh, next, we have Birth of Miletus or Melitus. Oh, God. Uh, Miletus. Miletus? Miletus? Uh, one in a white. It's a enchantment saga. I'm so glad to see sagas back because they were one of my favorite things back from Dominaria. It, the chapter one is search your library for a basic planes card, reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. Chapter two is create a zero four colorless wall artifact creature with token with defender. And chapter three is you gain two life. Not that great, to be honest, especially for an uncommon. But I mean, I, I guess there's no common sagas or anything like that. So, I'm trying to think here. I mean, it's good because it allows you to get a 
planes card. You know, so you get some extra mana, especially if you're a little bit short. The 0-4 wall artifact creature token, Defender, not the worst thing. And then the chapter 3, gain 2 life, eh, eh. This is a really meh saga here. I mean, chapter 1 is probably the best best part of this. Um, I mean, you get the, the colorless wall artifact creature token with Defender. Maybe if you have ways of enchanting it, enchanting that token or equipping certain equipment to it. It's not the worst thing in the world, but still it's kind of not very exciting. The, I, I've seen some commons that I would definitely choose over, over this. Next, we have Captivating Unicorn for four and a white. It's a creature. It's a unicorn creature. That's a four four. Has Constellation. Whenever an enchantment enters the battlefield under your control, tap target creature and opponent controls. Gazing at the unicorn, I felt closer to the majesty of Nyx than I ever had before, says... O Oinius Traveling Merchant? Oh, God, these names are freaking... That's one thing with Magic the Gathering. Some of these names are just so hard to pronounce here. So anyways, it's a 4-4. Four, four. It's a common. And when an enchantment enters the battlefield under your control, you tap target creature and opponent controls. It's... Yeah, it's expensive for a 4-4. Four, four. And it's conditional that you know you're going to have an enchantment entering all the time to tap. Now, I like the constellation better of Archon Sun's Grace because it poops out a token. But this one, you know, I, I think I would if OK, so if I were to pack one, pick one Archon of Sun's Grace, obviously I'm going to want to be getting a lot more enchantments and all that stuff. Captivating Unicorn would be a good support card for something like that. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much all I can say about that. Next is Commanding Presence for three and a white. It's an enchantment aura. You enchant creature. Enchanted creature gets plus two, plus two, and has first strike. And whenever this creature deals combat damage to a player, create a one-one white human soldier creature token. And every one of you, I see a hero's heart. So, I like this. I like this a lot. It's a bit expensive, but I like that it pumps up your creature and it gives it first strike. And then, when it deals combat damage, it's going to poop out a token. And what more can you want? I can understand why this costs four mana here. But, yeah, this is, this is good. This is definitely, I wouldn't say an early pick, but definitely going to be one of those picks where you're going to go mid to late, I think. Next, we have Dawn Evangel. Dawn Evangel or Evangel? I think how you say it. It's a two and a white enchantment creature, human cleric. That's a two, three. Whenever a creature dies, if an aura you controlled was attached to it, return target creature card, convert a mana cost two or less from your graveyard to your hand. Is there a greater promise than the glory of the sunrise? So a creature dies. If an aura was attached to it, you return target creature card, convert a mana cost two or less from your graveyard to your hand. I mean, okay. Yeah, I mean, decent. I mean, with a 2-3 body out on the field for 3 I mean yeah uh, I mean it's okay I, 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 yeah it's okay That's. I think that's all I can really say about it like okay cool I guess <laughs> I don't really know what, what what else to really say I mean it, it's okay or we'll just move on we'll just move on before I just go in circles here uh, Daxos blessed by the sun is next with a double white 
legendary enchantment creature demigod for two and a star daxos toughness is equal to your devotion in white and if you in case you don't remember what devotion is each white symbol and the mana cost of permanence you control counts towards your devotion to white whenever another creature you control enters the battlefield or dies you gain one life so just devotion real quick even the parentheses sort of explained it so say you have daxos blessed by the sun and you have uh, banishing light out right so banishing light as you remember is two and a white so and daxos is double white so that's three white devotion out on the battlefield making daxos a two three daxos is always going to enter in as a two two and so with this card here i like the life gain of it but i mean life gain isn't it definitely helps you slow the games down, especially if you're up against aggro. And I like that the toughness of this keeps going up and up and up as you get more and more white permanents out on the battlefield. Um, I, I I can see this being played in white weenies in standard just for a really good blocker and plus with the life gain as well too. And because you got Linden from Throne of Eldraine, which would, you play this turn two, then play Linden turn three, you got a 2-5 on the field, right? And, yeah, I, in draft, though, yeah, I'd probably, like, early to mid-pick this, for sure. Not a pack one, pick one, unless there was absolutely nothing better. Next, we have Daybreak Chimera for three and double white. It's a creature Chimera common. It's a 3-3. This spell costs X less to cast where X is your devotion to white, and it has flying. I mean, if you're going heavy into white, you have the possibility of getting a 3-3 three, three flyer for two, and you're already going heavy into white. Yeah, this is a mid to late pick and a pretty good, pretty good creature to have out on the battlefield. Flying is always good to have in limited for sure. Next, we have Dreadful Apathy for two and a white. It's an enchantment aura. It's a common. You enchant creature. Enchanted creature can't block or attack. You can pay two and a white to exile enchanted creature. So those whose lives were uninspired are doomed to the wretched tedium of Phileas and death. So it's basically a pacifism uh, with just one more with the caveat that you can exile the enchanted creature. What are you doing, cat? Oh, my cat is just being crazy right now. Go down. No, go down. You're not going to bother me right now. And I'm not going to edit that out. Uh, so, like I said, it's a pacifism. Uh, they're always good to have just to stop, you know, especially to stop their big bomb or anything like that. So, yeah, uh, you know, early to mid pick for sure. Next, we have Edelon of Obstruction for one and a white. It's an enchantment creature spirit for two one. First strike. Loyalty abilities of Planeswalkers your opponent's control cost one more to activate. Death turned admirable conviction into pointless intransigence. How do you say that word? Intrans intransigence? Ugh, I have no idea how you say that word at all. Um, in English is my, you know, primary language, folks. So it's a, it costs two. It's a two one. You're opponent's planeswalkers cost one more to activate you know not only would i play this in edh i'd play this definitely in standard you know you're doing white weenies oh, god i uh, i would play this uh, in draft 
I probably yeah I probably play this in draft. This appear would be either a pack one pick one or a or a very early pick because a two one with first strike is still good regardless. It's just that loyalty abilities because you're not always going to see a lot of planeswalkers in draft majority of the times but when you do see them you know this card is going to just be like hey now you can't activate your planeswalker as soon as you play it if they you know tapped out all their mana so yeah i definitely like this will see constructive play for sure and i'm thinking about putting this in edh somewhere all right next up we have elspeth conquers death for three double white enchantment saga Chapter 1 is Exile Target Permanent and Opponent Controls with Converted Mana Cost 3 or Greater. Chapter 2, Non-Creature Spells Your Opponent's Cast Cost 2 more to cast until your next turn. And Chapter 3, Return Target Creature or Planeswalker card from your graveyard to the battlefield. Put a 1-1 counter or a loyalty counter on it. So we've got a rare enchantment saga here. And so the Chapter 1 Exile Target Permanent, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's basically... Yeah, that's basically like what a baffling end, essentially. And but yeah, it's any permanent though, not just a creature. And the chapter two is their non-creature spells cost two more to cast in chapter three, return to a creature or planeswalker card from your graveyard. Oh yeah, this could be either a pack one pick one or an extremely early pick. Will this see play in standard? I mean it's it's always possible. It's definitely going to be one of those... I, I'd, I'd want to figure out a way to recur this, you know, because chapters 1 and 2 are really good. Chapter 3 is just icing on the cake there. I love the chapter 1 of it, though, exiling a, per, a permanent. Yeah, because it doesn't... It's it's not that this is conditional where if this leaves the battlefield, the permanent comes back. So, yeah, it's exiled for good. Yeah, I, I definitely want to... I'd want to figure out a way to keep recurring this somehow. And... Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, next up, we've got Elspeth, Sun's Nemesis, for two and double white. It's a legendary planeswalker. It's an, El it's an Elspeth planeswalker with five loyalty. Her her abilities are Neg 1, up to two target creatures you control each get plus two plus one until end of turn. Her Neg 2 is create two one one white human soldier creature tokens. Her Neg 3 is you gain five life. So there no, none of them are plus abilities. So the caveat is one of the new mechanics of Theros Beyond Death is escape. For four double white, exile four other cards from your graveyard. You may cast this card from your graveyard for its its, its escape cost. This is gonna be bonkers. Escape the mechanic is insane. Thank God that Theros Beyond Death has plenty of exile abilities, and there are other exile abilities throughout the other sets in standard right now, or else Escape would just get out of control. So I like the fact that this is sort of a history of Benalia on a stick here, or well, more history of Benalia on a planeswalker, because it let's say Elspeth doesn't get attacked at all. Uh, she is perfectly not getting attacked, not getting harmed. You can create two, you can create four 1 1 white human soldier tokens, and then on the third turn, you pump them up plus two plus one. That's essentially history of Benalia, but better. And then you just pay the escape cost and bring Elspeth back. That's that's just holy crap. Yeah, pack one, pick one for sure. A constructive play, yes. Um, 
any other format. I don't I don't pay attention to modern or anything anymore, so I don't even know if this seat modern play. And I don't I don't know anything about Pioneer either, so I can't comment if it's C playing that. And EDH, you know, if you're doing like a white weenie token type deck, yeah, sure, why not? Next up, we've got favored of Eroas. A two and a white creature human soldier that's a two two has constellation whenever an enchantment enters the battlefield under your control favorite of a rose gains double strike until end of turn the promise of victory fills my heart there is no room for fear so a two two for three that has the possibility of getting double strike you know yeah i'd say that's an early to mid pick if you're going in the white route and i think to me this kind of seems more limited to draft it doesn't nothing else really strikes me that I'd want to play this in constructed unless you know unless there's some sort of mono white enchantment thing that comes out other than that I'd rather play something else than this next up we've got flicker fate for one in a white it's an instant it's a common exile target creature or enchantment then return it to the battlefield under its owner's control an infinite journey and an infinitest in bleh. In an infinitesimal time. Oh my gosh, I'm terrible at saying all these words today. So it's a flicker effect. And have there been any creatures that any enter the battlefield effects that we've seen so far? Um, I mean, you could flicker some enchantment creatures. Uh, oh, it's or or other enchantments too. I, I mean, I'm sure there's other ETB effects that are going to be good for something like this in draft and. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely low on the totem pole of what I would want to pick. I mean, it would definitely be a good way to, you know, someone tries to bolt, tries to, you know, spot removal one of your creatures or enchantments, and you just do flicker like, nope, it's going to be flicked away. Next up, we've got Glory Bears for three and a white enchantment creature human cleric. That's a three, four. Whenever another creature you control attacks, it gets plus O plus one until end of turn. We are bearers of the ancient light, keepers of sun crowned Heliod's blessings. Fight and the light shall protect you. So it pumps up your creature's toughness every time they attack. Not this creature, though. And, you know, it, it does help out a little bit. Like I said, this would be probably be more lower on the totem pole for draft. I don't, I'm, this wouldn't see any constructed play at all. Uh, next up, we've got Heliod, Sun Crowned, for two and a white legendary enchantment creature, God. It's a 5 5 that's indestructible. As long as your devotion to white is less than five, Heliod isn't a creature. So, the same thing that we saw with the God cycle before from the first time in Theros. Whenever you gain life, put a 1 1 counter on target creature enchantment you control. You can pay one and a white, another target creature gains lifelink until end of turn. So, I think. I don't remember if I talked about it on this show, but I'm pretty sure I talked about it on 10 Street Hooligans. This is an infinite um, counter combo with Walking Ballista, essentially. This this has become Pioneer Splinter Twin and Modern Splinter Twin as well, too. And But as far as, you know, draft and constructive play goes, yeah, I mean, for sure, pack one, pick one, heck yeah. Why would you pass this up unless there's another card in there that just screams, take me instead? Uh, and plus, with gaining the lifelink is really good, and gaining 1-1 one, one counters is always good as well, too. I mean, this is just a really good card and is definitely going to see standard play and EDH play and draft play. I mean, what else am I really going to say about it? It's just good. It's really good. 
Next up, we've got Heliod's Intervention for X double white. It's an instant. That's a rare. Choose one. Destroy X target artifacts and or enchantments, or target player gains twice X life. I bring a dawn that no knight can follow. So this is a really good conditional uh, board wipe here where you can obviously take care of pesky artifacts and or enchantments. And plus this can target enchantment creatures as well too. The downside to this though is that if any of those enchantment creatures have escape, you're gonna be able to you're gonna see it again so while and it also helps fill up a person's graveyard as well too should escape be a big thing in standard so it's not the best thing out there but it's it's really handy to have and should you ever need to gain twice x life for whatever reason where gaining life helps you and benefits you you know you can do that modal as well too um when it comes to destroying X target artifacts and or enchantments when it comes to something like EDH or Brawl, that is very handy because as we all know, there are certain EDH decks, especially artifacts or enchantment decks that can just get out of hand. And this is just, you know, and plus it's only one X cost. So whatever you pump into the X cost, that's how many artifacts and enchantments you're going to be able to destroy. So yeah, I definitely see the seeing more EDH play. Will this see standard play? I'm sure it will, for sure. Maybe a sideboard card. Next up, we've got Heliod's Pilgrim for two and a white. It's a human cleric creature. That's a one-two. When this enters battlefield, you may search your library for an aura card, reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. That, you know, if you're doing a draft deck that has a really good aura card, boom, there you go. You slot this in. Next up, we've got Heliod's Punishment for one and a white enchantment aura. It's an enchant creature. This enters the battlefield with four task counters on it. Enchanted creature can't attack or block. It loses all abilities and has. Tap this or remove a task counter from Heliod's Punishment. Then if it has no task counters on it, destroy Heliod's Punishment. Um, so this enchants any creature, but it has task counters on it. And then they can tap the creature to lose a task counter on it. An entire book. What makes this better than, say, something like Dreadful Apathy? Because you're going to be able to eventually, the creature is going to be able to eventually destroy this. And then this Dreadful Apathy, the enchanted creature just can't attack or block. I mean, maybe someone out there helped me understand this. I don't understand why you would want Heliod's Punishment over dreadful apathy here because the way I'm reading this I mean it is one mana less but I'm still not I mean it's eh, it's yeah I'm, I'm I don't I don't know someone out there under help me understand that because I don't get it uh hero of the pride is the next card for one and a white it's a two two cat soldier token or, or cat soldier creature I should say whenever you cast a spell that targets here the pride creatures you control get plus one plus oh until end of turn Leon and fight for neither God nor polis their loyalty is to their pride so a two two for two and that sort of has a heroic effect that pumps all your creatures yeah for sure definitely I'd pick that mid to late pick if I'm going heavy into white um, it's a really decent common. Uh, next up, we've got Hero of the Winds for three and a white. It's a human soldier creature. That's a 1-4. It's an uncommon that has flying. Whenever you cast a spell that targets Hero of the Winds, creatures you control get plus one, plus one until end of turn. To tame a griffin is to ride into legend. So another heroic ability. Uh, heroic is 
doesn't exist in this set, but it did in previous Theros. But same thing, it pumps up your creatures, and it's a 4-mana 1-4 flyer. And if you have other you know, pump effects or enchantment auras, boom, yeah, for sure. Uh, Idealic Tutor for 2 and a white sorcery. It is a rare. Search your library for enchantment card, reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. You are love child. So this is a much needed reprint that EDH has been sort of needing because this was, a, I think, an over $30 card. And I'm glad to see this reprinted. And yeah, I, I can definitely see this C play in standard for sure. And I'm glad that it... Uh, will it C play in draft? I mean... In, to me, this isn't a pack one, pick one, unless you just want it for EDH. But, mm, yeah, this I, I I would definitely not pack one, pick one, this card. It'd be sort of a conditional card if I have a lot of enchantments and if I'm in white and I, I want to be able to just tutor up an enchantment. Next up, we've got Indomitable Will for one in a white enchantment aura that it has flash, enchant creature, enchanted creature gets plus one, plus two. Charge bravely, fight selflessly. Act honorably. Aroas will watch over you. Venerous Priest of Iroas. So it is a two mana enchantment aura. That's a common. And an enchant creature gets plus one, plus two. Definitely pretty good in draft. And this would be something that you, you know, you get your creature blocked and it looks like they're about to die. Nope. You flash an indomitable will to save your creature and boom, there you go. Next up, we've got Karametra's Blessing for one white instant. It is a common. Target creature gets plus two, plus two until end of turn. If it's an enchanted creature or enchantment creature, it also gains hexproof and indestructible until end of turn. Oh, this is even better than Indomitable Will here. Um, yeah, this would be a... I wouldn't say an early pick, but if I'm heavy into white, a mid to late pick for sure. Maybe early to mid. Um, because it's just a really good pump spell and the Hexproof and Indestructible makes it that much better too if if it's enchanted or if it's an enchantment creature. Next up, we've got Lagona Band Storyteller for three and a white. It's a Centaur Advisor creature. That's a 3-4 uncommon. When this enters the battlefield, you may put target enchantment card from your graveyard on top of your library. If you do, you gain life equal to its enchant or converted mana cost. Our stories are full of ancient wisdom. They tell us who we are. So this helps you bring an enchantment card from your graveyard back on top of your library. That does also include creatures as well, too, in case you forgot. And helps you gain life. Yeah, this is definitely a card I would pick pretty like early to mid during the draft pick. Because it's you're going to have those enchantment cards that are going to be destroyed. And you just want it back into your hand. So, yeah, this, this is a pretty good card. I like it. Next up, we've got Leonin of the Lost Pride for one and a white. It's a common 3-1. It's a cat warrior. When Leonin of the Lost Pride dies, exile target card from opponent's graveyard. Leonin band together in the underworld, taking solace in their strength until at last both pride and self are forgotten. I really like this because of it being able to get rid of escape cards in a, an opponent's graveyard. So you have that pesky escape card in that in that opponent's graveyard, and on their next turn, they're going to cast again. Nope, you get Leonin of Lost Pride to die somehow, and you exile that escape card. Let's say your opponent has that pesky Elspeth Planeswalker in their graveyard. Boom, it's now exiled. 
I yeah, I like that a lot as far as draft goes. That may, that could be an early to mid pick uh, if I'm if I know I'm going in white for sure. Next up, we've got Nyxborn Courser for one double white. It's an enchantment creature centaur scout. That's a 2-4. Has no other abilities. Storms drove them westward to Ketaphos. Wide plain shimmered in starlight. Centaurs greeted them, offering gold-hued apples and grain cakes. The Calephia? The Calafia? I don't know. Oh my gosh, these freaking card names. I can't pronounce any of them. Um, so it's a 2-4 common with no abilities. It's a 2-4 vanilla for three. This would be like a very late pick if you have nothing else, if you have nothing better to pick and wipe. Next up, we've got Omen of the Sun for two and a white enchantment that has flash. When this enters the battlefield, create two 1-1 one, one white human soldier creature tokens and you gain two life. You can pay two and a white to sack this card and scry two. My time will come when every soul will bask in my glory and obey my law. It is a common. For a common, that's a lot of word. That's pretty good ability for a common to not only create two tokens but gaining two life and then being able to scry to and sack this and with the ways of being able to get enchantments back into your hand you know this if you have nothing better to pick in your graveyard this could be a very good one because it's basically a uh oh my gosh what's that um one card it creates two it's an instant creates two one one uh soldier tokens and it costs two Oh my god, I'm forgetting the name of it right now. I see it in my head. You, everybody listening is probably screaming at me saying they know what it is, but it's essentially that, but with one extra mana. I like it. Plus with the Scry 2 effect. Uh, next up, we've got Phalanx or Phalanx Tactics for one and a white instant. It's an uncommon. Target creature you control gets plus two, plus one until end of turn. Each other creature you control gets plus one, plus one until end of turn. Dang, that's pretty good. Every soldier has a place to stand and a role to play. So you pump up one creature plus two plus one, and then each other creature gets plus one plus. God, that could be a finisher right there for you in draft. That's I yeah, I really like that. That could be an early to mid pick for me. Um I like that a lot. Ooh. Just pumps them all up. Uh, next up we've got Pious Wayfarer for one white. It's a common human scout creature. That's a one-two with constellation. Whenever an enchantment enters a battlefield under your control, target creature gets plus one plus one until end of turn. Every footstep is a prayer, every road a temple. I mean, it's okay. I mean, for one mana, you are gonna be having enchantments coming in, able to pump up creatures. I mean, heavy into white, a mid to late pick. Um other other than that, it's it's okay. Uh, next up, we've got Reverent Hoplite for four and a white. It's a human soldier creature. That's a one-two. This is an uncommon. When this enters the battlefield, create a number of one-one white human soldier creature tokens equal to your devotion in white. Zeal is the sharpest blade and piety the strongest shield. I like that flavor text. So talking about the ability here, being able to create a number of one-one white human soldier creature tokens equal to your devotion... God, if you're if you're deep into white here, I could even see this being played in standard if you're just doing complete mono white, like trying to do mono white devotion or mono like a white weenies. This would be sort of your bomb card to just sort of go wide and get the board out where you're having, okay, yeah, I've got 10 devotion to white. I play this, boom, now I have 11 devotion, now 11 one one white human soldier creature tokens. Boom, and then you pump them all up with phalanx tactics. Yeah, ridiculous. Awesome. I like it. 
is it an early pick for me though? God, the five mana. Mm, God, if I know I'm going heavy into white, yeah, might be. Ah, uh, geez, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think I probably would because I'd want to do something like mono white. That'd be pretty cool. Next up, we've got Revoke Existence for one and a white. It's a sorcery. Exile target artifact or enchantment. The time has come for us to throw off the change of tyrannical gods and antiquated superstitions, says Takea, disciple of Eurymedes. Eurymedes? Oh, God, however you say that. So, yeah, this is definitely a really good removal and draft, uh, especially for exiling the enchantment. Yeah really good removal and draft here and this may even see play in standard as a sideboard card uh next up we've got rumbling sentry for three double white it's a creature giant that's common that's a three six when this enters the battlefield you scry one to provoke the mountain is to invite the avalanche uh parasophia the philosopher parasophia i think parasophia maybe parasophia i don't know how you say that so Essentially, for five mana, you're getting a 3-6 and able to scry one. If there's nothing else to pick, you pick this card and draft. I mean, uh, yeah, it's not much of a bomb, really. It's just more of a, I didn't have anything else to pick, so I played this, and I didn't really draft or get any other good cards in sealed. Uh, Sentinel's Eyes is the next card for one white. It's an enchantment aura that's a common. You enchant the creature. Enchanted creature gets plus one, plus one, and has vigilance. This has escape. You pay one white, exile two other cards from your graveyard, and you cast this again. So the plus one, plus one, and has vigilance, and it's a common? Jesus, commons are just getting more and more powerful as each set goes on. Yeah, I mean... It as I've kept saying throughout this whole episode, if I'm heavy into white, this could be a card I definitely would pick mid to late. Next up, we've got Shatter the Sky. For two double white, it's a sorcery that's a rare. Each player who controls a creature power four or greater draws a card, then destroys all creature. When the god creatures, when the gods go to war, mortals pay the highest price. So it's a wrath of God for four mana. But with the caveat of anybody who controls a creature with power four or greater draws a card. It's a slight drawback to it. But with this kind of draft environment and standard environment, I would rather wipe the board out and then not worry too much about them drawing cards. Especially if they're like doing an aggro deck and they've got a lot of low cost creatures. Like let's say mono red for instance or even mono black. I would not mind destroying them all, paying four mana for this. So this could be a pack one, pick one, because I'd want to be able to have the chance of wiping the board out. And it's a really good removal at four mana. I'm glad to see that we're finally getting four mana rats back. The last one we saw was Kaya's Wrath, and that was back in what, Ravnica Allegiance. And so I'm glad we're seeing they're not being afraid to print four mana rats again. Next up, we've got Sun Main Pegasus for three and a white. It's a creature Pegasus. That's a common. That's a two, three with flying. You pay one and a white, and this gains vigilance and lifelink until end of turn. Oh, vigilance and lifelink. Okay. A chosen by Heliod, Daxos approached the Pegasus without fear and rode it without saddle or reins. So, you know, this is not a bad flyer for four and giving it vigilance, especially for just paying two mana. I don't mind that at all. As I've said before, if I'm heavy into white, I'm going to want something like this. 
Next up, we've got Terra Nika, a Crowian veteran for one double white legendary creature human soldier. That's a rare. That's a 3-3 with vigilance. When this attacks, untap another target creature you control. Until end of turn, that creature has base power and toughness 4-4 and gains indestructible. The flavor text I really like. I like to think Kithian keeps watch over all of us. So is this one of a... Uh, Gideon's friends back when he was on Theros. I really this is this could be a definitely a pack one pick one that I would choose because you're basically making one of your creatures a, a Gideon a 4-4 with indestructible. I I like that ability a lot. Um, I could see the scene play a lot for sure because you play this along with Gideon Blackblade and some other white weenie creatures. Boom you got two 4-4s with uh, indestructible. Heck yeah. Plus, you can try to pump them up. Next up, we've got Transcendent Envoy for one and a white enchantment creature. That's a griffin. Has flying or spells you cost. Cast one less to cost. It's a common. I think I said it's a common. It's a one-two. The first griffins were made by the gods to capture falling stars. They were given the keenest eyes and the swiftest, swiftest wings and sent to keep watch above the clouds, the cosmogony. It's a common one-two for two. With flying, with the benefit of aura spells costing one less to cast. Yeah, I mean, probably mid to late pick if there's nothing else to choose. And then finally, we have the last white card of this complete set review. It is Triumphant Triumphant Surge for three and a white instant. It's a common. Destroy target creature with power four or greater. You gain three life. Not even death can quench a hero's inner fire. So it's your typical sort of a destroy destroy creature in white that ha that's a big creature. Um, plus with the benefit of gaining life. It does cost a little bit more expensive for that removal. Uh, it, it's a, not a bad removal for four mana, and it is going to be something that will definitely see use in limited. So there you have it. That is my complete set review for all the white cards of Theros Beyond Death. I hope you enjoyed uh, listening to this and probably even laughing at me as I can't pronounce any of these names here at all. So I just want to thank you all again for listening. Uh, stay, stay tuned for the blue complete set review as that's coming out. And thank you all for listening, watching, and have a great day.